Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. According to tradition, on November the 10th, 432, a young British monk, formerly held captive as a slave by the very people he now sought to serve, arrived in Ireland to begin his ministry. Patrick was a younger contemporary of Augustine of Hippo and Martin of Tours, the fifth-century heroes of the faith who laid the foundations for the great civilization of Christendom. Patrick was apparently born into a patrician Roman family in one of the little Christian towns near present-day Glasgow, Scotland, either Bonhaven or Belhaven. Although his pious parents, Calphurnius and Conchessa, nurtured him in the Christian faith, he later confessed that he gave himself over to the passing pleasures of sin. One day, while playing near the sea as a teen, marauding pirates captured Patrick and sold him into slavery to a petty Celtic tribal king named Milku. During the next six years of captivity, he suffered great adversity, hunger, nakedness, loneliness, and sorrow while tending his master's flocks in the valley of the Braid and on the slopes of the Schlemish in northwestern Ireland. It was amidst such dire straits that Patrick began to remember the word of God his mother had taught him. Regretting his past life of selfish pleasure-seeking, he turned to Christ as his Savior. Of his conversion, he later wrote, I was 16 years old and knew not the true God and was carried away captive, but in that strange land the Lord opened my unbelieving eyes, and although late, I called my sins to mind." and was converted with my whole heart to the Lord my God, who regarded my low estate, had pity on my youth and ignorance, and consoled me as a father consoles his children. Every day I used to look after sheep, and I used to pray often during the day. The love of God and a holy fear of him increased more and more in me. My faith began to grow, and my spirit was ardently stirred. Often, I would pray as many as a hundred times in a single day and nearly as many at night. Even when I was staying out in the woods or on the mountain, I would rise before the dawn for prayer in snow and frost and rain. I felt no ill effect, and there was no slackness in me. As I now realize, It was because the Spirit was maturing and preparing me for a work yet to come. Amazingly, Patrick came to love 
the very people who had enslaved him, humiliated him, abused him, and taunted him. He yearned for them to know the blessed peace that he had found in the gospel of Christ. Though he was eventually able to escape captivity through a remarkable turn of events and uh, return to his family in Britain at long last, his heart increasingly dwelt upon the fierce Celtic peoples that he had come to know so well. He was stunned to realize that he actually longed to return to Ireland and share the gospel with them. Though his parents were grieved, To see him leave home once again, they reluctantly supported his efforts to gain theological training on the continent. His classical education had been interrupted by his captivity, so he was far behind his peers academically, but what he lacked, he made up for in zeal. Before long, he had secured a warrant to evangelize his former captors in Ireland. When he finally did return, Patrick preached to the pagan tribes in the Irish language and the sing-song Celtic cadences uh, that he had learned as a slave. Many accepted Christ, and soon heathen songs were replaced with hymns praising Jesus Christ as Lord. His willingness to make the gospel Uh, accessible to the least and uh, the last, the least likely and the least lovely people imaginable was met with extraordinary success. And that success would continue uh, over the course of nearly half a century of evangelization, church planting, and social reform. He would later write that God's grace had so blessed his efforts that many thousands were born again unto God through his ministry. Thomas Killen, a prominent historian of Ireland, wrote, There can be no reasonable doubt that Patrick preached the gospel, that he was most zealous and efficient as an evangelist, and that he is entitled to be called the Apostle of Ireland. We know that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, according to Matthew 5, and that great blessings and rewards eventually await those who have been insulted, slandered, and sore vexed to nevertheless persevere in their high callings. We know that it is often in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labor, sleeplessness, and hunger— that our real metal is proven, as it was for the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 6. Nevertheless, we often forget that these things are not simply to be endured. They actually frame our greatest calling. They lay the foundations for our most effective ministries. It was when, like Patrick, Uh, that the heroes of the faith in the past came to love God's enemies and ours, that, that they were, that we are, set free for great effectiveness. Jesus said, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who persecute you. And again, he said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Therein 
is the missionary impulse. Patrick's life provides us with a stunning reminder of that remarkable gospel paradox. Patrick ministered to the Irish for more than 50 years. He devoted his entire life to the work of converting Ireland to the gospel of grace. Tradition asserts that he reached and baptized in excess of 100,000 people. Before his death in 493, the whole country was brought under the gospel. Further, he baptized the kings and chiefs of Dublin and Munster and the seven sons of the chief of the Connaught. Ireland was transformed from a land of heathen barbarity into a land of Christian warrior poets in a single generation. That, my friends, is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and resources, go to georgegrant.net.